1: that's ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America.
0: I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster.
2: And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Hello, how are you? How are you? Before I get lost, I just want you to know that if you are a listener interested in more and different and updates and everything, easy way, even for research, easy way to get information from my world is to subscribe to my email list that comes out like only every once in a while. We don't harass, but it gets you my blog and it gets your latest research and things like that. And you can f- subscribe to it by going on com
0: and just hit subscribe to the email. You don't like it? You know, kill it. So okay. it is full <laughs> of great information. Okay, well, I am so interested in today's topic. Uh, I'm going to use the S word. Swatting. Now, da, da, da And the thing is that this is going to
2: knock your socks off.
0: Well, first uh, of all, you have got to tell those that aren't in the know what swatting is because I've got a perception mm-hmm. of what swatting is, but I don't even think it's right. So fill us oh, in. you want to tell me what you think it is? Well, I've seen videos on like YouTube where people will ring into a school and do like a bomb threat. So they want to get out of an exam or they'll do mm-hmm. active shooters in the house, you know, something like that. And the school will go into lockdown and they will miss their history test that day. That (laughs) is my understanding of swatting. How wrong am I?
2: Well, you know what? If it was 1990s, you'd be right on mark.
0: Oh, (laughs) have I just aged myself? That's terrible.
2: Uh, So, you know, absolutely. You know, when I was a younger FBI agent, we'd get a call, a bomb threat. That was very common. And a lot of times it maybe was just somebody pulling a fire alarm or we had an incredible Incredibly unsophisticated guy who I ended up sending to prison for for a few reasons. But, But one of the ways that we caught him is he called in a bomb threat from a payphone back in the time when there were actually payphones on streets. Across the street from where he worked, he stepped outside. And then he picked up the payphone, which think about, you know, we're so used to cell phones and they're small, but think about the size of the handset. On a payphone, an old-fashioned phone. It's a great big, you know, bell telephone handset. Yeah. So he left this massive palm print on, those,
0: on this. Oh, so payphone. presumably, presumably, you can trace back to where the phone call was taken. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we were right, able right? to and, trace back, and he's literally where the call came. put <laughs> every single digit on there in perfect form. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, you exactly. can't, you can't was, really account for stupid. Well, yeah, it was
2: okay. And he had called it a bomb threat to a school and he sent an anthrax laced letter, which was not anthrax, it was powder, to a school. When they opened it, they evacuated the school. It was back in the time we weren't exactly sure what to do. And yeah. He evacuated the school to a to a local high school and then he called a bomb threat into the local high school. He's was a real charmer. Um, what?
0: How, so oh then, my god. But, on then, the same so phone?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing he sent was by mail. But he knew once the school was evacuated down the street to the high school that he could call in a bomb threat to the high school that he didn't didn't even go to the school.
0: I've just got this vision of this guy literally getting this giant envelope, licking it with his big (laughs) DNA tongue, (laughs) and then getting on the phone with his big paw print hands. I mean, I don't know if that was the toughest case you've ever had to crack by
2: the sounds of it. You know, I can tell you that we used to say when I was in the FBI and law enforcement, I think would back me up on this that if we could put people in jail for being dumb, the jails would be full.
0: Oh, I hope I yeah. might I might be in it. I don't want that as the criteria. <laughs> maybe
2: all maybe all of us would be right. <laughs> so, we're a collective voice. That's the other thing is that law enforcement, first responders, we're, we're a collective voice. This is one person. One person who's always thinking they're out crafting. This is about your fraudsters. You know, you do Conning the Con and and, yeah. and that fantastic series that I loved. I binged as I drove it. Uh, in case you haven't heard Conning the Con, please go back and listen to it and then clueless. Um, the con men, I think they're so smart, but they're still one person. And, and you know, the beauty of law enforcement is that we have multiple uh, people thinking about it from different angles and we figure it out. We just do. And that's why we solve crimes.
0: And so that's why sure they leave their DNA and their everywhere. That
2: helps. Sure. Yeah. So there is this term called swatting that is different than what occurred before where there would be a bomb threat or there would be a fire alarm pulled. If a bomb threat comes in or fire alarm, right, and a building might be evacuated, law enforcement responds. So swatting is when the call is made by somebody who says there's a shooting underway at this location. And then law enforcement comes, and they're, they run inside with their guns and the people inside are freaked out. They're worried that they're going to get shot by these people who are showing up with guns, right? And it is a total hoax. It's a total hoax. Imagine the extent of police response to a school.
0: I mean, the resources that swing into action. Yeah, phenomenal. Exactly.
2: So today I wanted to talk about what we're learning about swatting at schools. Swatting implies that there is an active shooter situation. And that you got to bring everybody you can bring. And it's, like you said, it's very expensive. It's a lot of people, a lot of emotions. Can you imagine yeah. being at I your mean, child's school? Absolutely. At, at, you know, you're taking lunch money to your daughter and you're standing in the front office and all these law enforcement officers run in
0: with their guns out. And Presumably, of course, now with the school threat management sort of systems in place, the parents are all getting alerts as well as soon as something right. like that goes off in the school. That's exactly what happens, exactly mm. what
2: happens. So so there's no way for law enforcement coming to the scene to know,
0: right? Yeah. I'm guessing also, like I'm thinking about the difference between a swatting call out is that generally if you're on site and you actually hear a gun go off, blah, 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 everybody on that site is already reacting See. to the threat. But if it's a right. swatting call, I can imagine I'd just be sitting there in the canteen having my lunch, whatever. And right, the nobody's reacted to it because there's nothing to react to. The fright of just seeing the SWAT team rocking into the canteen,
2: right? Dozens anxiety.
0: of law enforcement showing up, and it isn't like uh, what have I it isn't
2: like necessarily right away they call everybody off, right? I mean, so we've had situations where there has been a completely false situation, a swatting call, but when the law enforcement arrived, they're getting calls that this is happening. And the school sends a notice out to everybody to send them into lockdown, sends a notice to the parents. And, you know, one of the stories that I, I was reading about this, there's a parent who was at the school. He got noticed that his senior was not responding to the text messages. And the reporter said the father had tears in his eyes and he was like, I don't really know what to do because it
0: happens so often. I'm not sure what's real and what isn't. Okay, um, Well, hold on, let's back it up then, because, I mean, that goes to talking about the frequency of this, because like when we originally spoke about it before, you were sort of like, oh, Sarah, that's like a 1990s version of what swatting is. How has that changed today? Like, it exactly. seems to me like it would be something that is few and far between. Are you telling me that it's not that?
2: Well, I'm so glad you asked me that. Yeah. Because the FBI is investigating with others the fact that it appears that Since the last school year, there have been hundreds, hundreds of swatting calls, and the FBI is investigating because it appears they're related. (sighs) Okay, you're
0: going to have to tell me more. How do they know that they're related? This
2: is brand new, but let me just give you one example. November 15th last year in the state of Maine, there are... 22 swatting calls to 22 different schools and offices in the state of Maine in a less than three-hour time period.
0: Oh, less than three hours.
2: Yeah. 7.45 a.m., the first one comes into a high school, York High School. Then the calls continue. York High School, Sanford High School, Sanford Regional Communications Center, Portland High School, Portland Police Department. And it goes on and on and on to other police departments and communication centers. So over the past year, more than 500 schools in the United States have been subjected to a coordinated campaign of fear, is what the news article says, that exploits the uh, danger of school shootings. And this is the Washington Post did this story. But this 22 that happened in Maine on November 15th is just one example of what One of the things that law enforcement started to do and FBI started to do, which is what we used to do in bomb threats, we would say there's a script for bomb threats. In the old days, there'd be a piece of paper next to phones and we'd say, "Okay, when somebody calls, ask them these questions because we're looking for commonality, commonality in language, commonality in, you know, purpose and process. Who are you threatening against? And people astonishingly call in bomb threats and give answers to these questions. Mm -hmm. Because they have a reason why they're doing it. So the same thing with the swatting calls. It's not that there was a script, but they began to match up what people were calling about. And they found that in some cases, it would be a male voice. Sometimes it would have an accent that might be made up, or it might be put through a synthesizer. Right? And they would say, I'm calling from inside this school. Many students have been shot. Many times they would say, I'm a teacher. And then, oh, I'm in this classroom or I'm in this bathroom, please hurry. So it's kind of a very set number of facts that they would share with the dispatcher, right? But what happened is when you call 911 here or
0: 999 in the UK, as we know. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do know that finally. <laughs> that, so. that would make sense if you need season one really well. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, only been thirteen years I've lived here and now I know the emergency <laughs> response
2: number. Well done, me. I'm so I'm so happy you do. Well, if you called, if you called emergency services, when we hear audio tapes of people on the phone with the uh 911 operators, some of the characteristics of those calls are this a panicked person, a calm nine one one operator, and please send somebody here, please send somebody here and the nine one one operator says. We're sending people there, you know, hang on, stay with me on the line. How many times have you heard that? These callers all hung up.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Right? So these Mm -hmm. callers hung up. So, of course, skilled uh, operators in this area know to call back, right? right? And they called back in many instances, and they found that the caller was using a internet service that allowed anyone with an email address to make the call, and they were using Internet service providers and sometimes VoIP, voice over internet or blind numbers. Yeah, now we have a whole different situation because what we have is like a texting service that serves millions of people, you know, really all around the world. And some of the calls, I think when the initial investigation was underway, which is still underway, they were finding that at least 12 states that all the calls trace back to this one. Service provider for emails.
0: Wow. So that's too much of a coincidence, one would think.
2: Yes. We used Mm -mm. to say when I worked espionage cases, two calls, that's all it takes. You can misdial the pizza delivery place once, you don't misdial twice. Once it's two calls, it's an intended act. And so that's when we look for okay, what's the connection between this number? So the other thing that this tells me as an investigator is if there is a coordinated effort to use this masking system, there are substantial, substantial criminals, criminal criminals, at play overseas that do all kinds of crimes, right? You know, Nigerian Prince letters, right? All of those are fraud cases. A thousand percent. scam. scams. Scams, scams. Unless perhaps it is your father, that would be my exclusion, or your mother. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> if it is not a personal family member, father, mother, child.
0: But even now, even I then, mean, how crazy now is that they've got, I saw a article recently about a mother who had received a phone call from a daughter who was in distress saying she was being hide, like kidnapped or whatever, pay, pay money, pay yeah. money. And that's was, a whole other scam. It's
2: a different scam. So yeah, there's this whole scam out there that you get a call, right? So let's make it clear for listeners. You get a call or a text or an email that says, mom, I'm being held captive and you need to send money here for this. Exactly. And the answer to that is call your child. They're not being held captive. That is a scam.
0: Yeah. Or what we do in our family is we have a safety word. Perfect. I love that. Can you explain that to the listeners? I love that. Yeah, so any time that, and you can use this for things that, you know, you just might be, when the kids were little, they were just on a play date and they were too tired and they just would text and say this one word, which I'm not going to say. But you basically will use that as, okay, this is my safety word.
2: So if your safety word was Tootsie Roll.
0: Yeah, there we go. I would say, um, my child might ring up and say something weird. I'd go, what's the safety word? They'd have to say it tootsie roll and then I'd be like okay legit whatever and then I would swing into action so you can use it in lots of different ways but that no, is I can the see that. top level use right there yeah I love that I love that
2: having that safety word because it there's there's no other way and I love that you wouldn't even tell us what your safety word is because that's a well, safety word for your family that's perfect
0: right? I mean, I am quite stupid I might have but uh <laughs> <laughs> no no it wouldn't be very so, safe would it no no Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were
1: prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital, or maybe you just lost it? Well, StubForge.com is here to change that. Imagine this: tickets that not only look but feel like the real deal because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy to use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements, Or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, StubForge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With StubForge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, Head over to Stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit Stubforge.com and start making tickets today.
2: So as you can imagine, as investigators, were beginning to think, oh, maybe this is a coordinated effort overseas. And like, why? Like, what would be the purpose of it? Yeah, what are they exactly. getting out of calling law enforcement to the scene? Well, sometimes the purpose is simply harassment, right? But it's a momentary thing, right? If this is an internet crime, we're going to not really be able to stop it as much as we're going to try to uh, find out what's the mechanism that they're using to do it, and then having the services try to prevent it, right, in, yeah. in real time if they can. And here's a great example. After this one location, who received a school shooting call? They sought several search warrants, and they went to this one particular internet service provider, TextNow, asking for all the information the company had about two numbers linked to the incident. They got call logs and internet protocol addresses and account setup data. The same investigator went to Google and Apple asking for everything they had on the email address that had been created by the TextNow account. And here's what the story says. The result was a trove of data that offered a minute-by-minute window into the activity of the perpetrator or perpetrators. The logs revealed hundreds of calls over a roughly two-week period, many to police departments, schools, and even restaurants. The caller mostly dialed numbers in the United States, but there were also a few dozen calls made to Australia and Canada. So curious. this particular number was linked to shooting hoaxes in six states. The main one, November 15th that I mentioned to you, Texas, November 4th, Alaska, November 2nd, California, November 4th, Louisiana, November 16th. So there's a concerted effort to infiltrate and cause havoc. And it may be by an individual who is just nefarious conduct. Or there may be a bigger purpose, and we just don't really know what it is yet in terms of damaging and destroying. It could be, and this is going to sound sad, but, you know, the boy who cried wolf story, right? Somebody who is thinking, I'm going to commit this kind of crime, and I want law enforcement in my town to not respond, or people to not respond.
0: Oh, God, that's a terrifying thought.
2: Right, we're going to cause this situation where they say, well, it's probably just another swatting call. So when you think about how law enforcement responds mm. and you say, why did police have to run in there with their guns ablazing?" That's because you know the end of the story. Yeah. Law enforcement doesn't know the end of the story. And it's their job to try to go in there with their guns out and with their scary tactical gear on just to make sure that people inside are
0: safe. And that's the reality of the environment we live in. I mean, you think about how many calls in a year that's been to schools that has impacted communities. Do you think that's somehow played into this narrative of there's a lot of school shootings or is the message obvious afterwards that it was a hoax?
2: You know, that's a great question because obviously the word goes out that it was a hoax.
0: Yeah, my question is more around that perception of a neighbourhood that has that kind of like, oh my god, my kid had a, oh yeah, down No, there was a I, I think team that's Around true. at the school, the neighbours right. might not have actually, you know, had mm-hmm. kids at the school, but right. perceived that that was happening in their neighbourhood, mm-hmm. and perhaps, you know, oh my god, that happened down the street the other day. There was a SWAT team there, so yeah, I'm just wondering how much that has played into it, if it, if at all. Yeah. I think it does. I think that's a good point. I didn't think about that. And I like I like
2: that you bring that up because I think it creates a perception that it's happening everywhere. If there there have been hundreds of schools in the United States that have had these hoax calls come in, these swatting Mm. efforts, and law enforcement has had to respond, everybody seems like they're in a school where there's been a call where the SWAT team has shown up, where the police department has shown up. And so there's a perception that, oh, all schools are so dangerous and police are always having to come to the schools, even though the vast, vast majority of calls that are coming in are are false. So it's a whole different school world since Mm. it's post-COVID, right? It's just this past school year and they're finally back in school for a year. Now it's happening. And for some reason, we haven't maybe quite figured out yet, it isn't the kid pulling the fire alarm or it isn't the kid who doesn't want to take his science test calling in a bomb threat. This is a sophisticated effort so sophisticated, law enforcement went to a house that was located. They're like, "Oh, great! We've got a house that's located where one of these calls was being made. We've got an IP address." They we went to the house. It was like a seventy-one-year-old woman who was like, "What?" You know, she had an IP address. It wasn't secured, and oh, there um, it is. And they had just used it to hop. You know, criminals yeah. uh, in the internet world they hop from server to server to server. So it's very hard when we're trying to trace somebody and we know that the part of the conduct was over the Internet. We can go back to the IP address and, OK, maybe yeah. that's the person. But then we check their system and, you know, it started in California. Then it goes over here to Kansas, into New York, up to Maine. And then it turns out that it came in from Bangladesh. You're oh, like, my God. God.
0: Yeah. And that happens a lot. Right? We're all a little Bangladesh <laughs> at the end.
2: You kind of chuckled when I said Bangladesh, but let me tell you part of this, part of the traces that have been done in this investigation, take it back to Ethiopia. So so these are um, potentially uh, in a bigger scheme of things before our political elections, your political elections. You know, there are outside uh, forces from other countries that try to influence your electorate for political reasons, right? For whatever those political reasons are. And that happens, I think, all over the world where there are contested elections and the sway of just like a commercial, there's activity that occurs. You know, you find yeah. out that you got this political message about this particular candidate. And then internally, we investigate in the FBI and we find out that it wasn't sent out by that candidate. It was sent out by some third party yeah. uh, to try to influence the, the elections. And mm. and that's just part of the reality of uh, we're in such a connected world that, you know, don't believe everything you read is, is so true. Right. So true. So this is fascinating because, as they said, a nationwide campaign of fear that's being created. Schools being targeted in each state. And for, you know, for investigators, the idea of trying to find out who is doing it and and more intriguing to me is why they're doing it. I right? know.
0: Why would why? you be doing what? this? Who benefits right. from that?
2: It's, you know, but I think your point about is there a um, exhaustion to it? Keep in mind that we saw a number of swatting calls that were made by, you know, middle school students who didn't want to go to school after the Oxford High School shooting up in uh, outside of Detroit, Michigan. And there were a number of kids who were arrested. But remember that law enforcement has to come to the school because when they went to Oxford High School, right, there were four kids killed and seven kids injured.
0: Yeah. Uh, you don't really know what you're facing. The difference there is that it's one person they're hunting down. They're hunting down a kid who's probably not sophisticated enough to hide their phone number or hide their IP address. But now we're talking about something completely different. We're talking next level in terms of sophistication of who's behind this and whatever their intent is, it's kind of unknown. Have they got enough information to actually trace that back? Is that within the resources of the FBI?
2: Yeah, the FBI and private industry are are well capable of tracking down you know even the most sophisticated criminals online. It, you know. It's a fact. It, I mean, I think that uh, having worked in and seen the sophistication of cyber investigations and the electronic map on the wall is the world oh. of the world, right? Wow. So it's not yeah, it's not Iowa to Indiana. it's uh you know it's not scotland to ireland no it's the world and i want to tell you one more thing that i i read about this i think is fascinating because the motivation is still like why would they do that but you know there are websites that are more like dark web you can go to buy your you know eight-year-old child to sexually assault and and the most horrific things in the world right Mm -hmm. um and those websites are there. They're out there and they exist, just like uh, I want to be a mass com kind of stuff. Mm. Um, there are websites that say, uh, if you want me to totally harass somebody, I'll do it for like $100 a day. And so, like, they're just getting paid to do it.
0: Somebody's outsourced their harassment.
2: They're outsourcing their harassment. That's exactly what's happening. But it's right. like a they just,
0: dot com. You know, it, <laughs> yeah, you right. right. That website.
2: One of the groups that was offering swatting services.
0: Oh geez, okay. Right. So they
2: could close any school, any school. So maybe you want your school closed, and you, for a hundred dollars, you ask them to harass fifty schools in your area or in your state. Maybe yeah. it's a new sophisticated bomb threat. Yeah, but it's hard yeah. to say, right? And it is being done nationally, internationally. And then the things that can be done on the internet are, you know, you don't have to run over to the payphone on the corner and make a call.
0: It's a different mitts, world. Yeah. Your licky tongue and all your DNA.
2: Okay. But I do think that you made a great point. It it can give us the impression that this happens everywhere. If you feel like, oh, it's going to happen because your school had police show
0: up, you know, it's ratcheting up the tension. Well, this has been an absolutely intriguing episode. And your mission, should you decide to accept it, (laughs) is you have to follow this because I have to know who it is yeah definitely
2: it's a very fascinating new and sad branch to phone calls that come in because the calls that are coming in are for the most uh, scary thing which is active shooter situations we'll see more to come
0: more to come